What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me on a Friday from the Ball Blast Football Podcast and NFL.com published author Michelle Magic. What's up, Michelle? Congratulations. Hey, hey. Yeah, my dreams came true. I'm now published author on NFL.com. I've been dreaming Let's of go. that since I've been a young teenager. So I was pretty pumped. That was posted last Friday. I'll have another article out this Friday. It's the best fantasy matchups and the worst matchups of the week. So make sure to go give that a read for me and get me some clicks, please, because my dreams came true. I love it. That's awesome. Congratulations. It is well-deserved. We're going to get into our best bets for this week against the Seahawks. We're obviously going to preview the game. We will do all of that. But before we do, we always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. So rate, review, follow. Let's go, people. Help us get our star rating up on Apple Pods. This one comes from Kevin Dennis. Five-star review. Great show. I immediately gravitated to Rob and stayed tuned in because of his passionate fanhood. I live in Philly, so the uber-passionate fan is present in me, just not for the Eagles. One thought, he wants us to break down Kyle Shanahan's offense specifically. What are the positional roles, the offensive philosophy, yada, yada, yada. That sounds like a pod for Akash and Kyle Posey, but I like the passion. Look, that I only know one way to do this job, and I know a lot of Niner fans think I'm a nut, but I can't help it. I'm born and bred in Connecticut. This is how I roll. You know, I like the passion and we all have passion for our favorite teams. Like if you did not, if you did not feel strongly about them, you wouldn't have a podcast. You wouldn't have a podcast network. That's for sure. Can you imagine if nothing bothered you? Like if the team just went on a loss and you're like, whatever, doesn't matter. Right. And I, I sorry. I just, I care a lot about this. Obviously, this is what I've chosen to do with my life. I spend, you know, 60 hours a week worrying about this stuff i am right now looking on facebook because the first crush of my life is actually a guy named kevin dennis so i was trying to see if he lives in philly now because that would be funny if that was him wow but that was like in middle school you know i don't know now i now i'm interested his twitter handle is at kevin lettuce i have no idea i don't follow him now you know i'm not still looking out to see where he is in life but that would be interesting that would be funny there's a picture of him so you can go and does see. he look about my age uh yeah you're gonna have to send me that picture because that would be funny maybe that's why he listens to the show we'll reunite uh <laughs> former crush of yours that's hilarious all right let's get into this game the biggest Frustration for me this week is a lot of Niner fans, including KP and Akash, saying the Niners are going to blow the Seahawks out. And I just keep looking back at the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years of games against Pete Carroll. When have the 49ers ever blown the Seahawks out? I think this game is going to be close. Yeah, their their spread is minus eight and a half points, which I think is kind of crazy. I feel too scared to say they're going to blow out the Seahawks now after, you know, we were like, oh, they should destroy the Bears. And then they <laughs> lost by nine, which they still should have destroyed them. I watching back that game, I was completely fine with how they performed in the first half. They kept making stupid mistakes. We can get into that in a second. But yeah, the Seahawks have won four straight games against the 49ers and three straight on the road in San Francisco. Obviously, there's a difference now this year without Russell Wilson, but I mean, we saw Geno Smith put up a fight against the Broncos, like a, a pretty solid Broncos defense. Pete Carroll's not just going to lay down and let the 49ers kill them in this game. It's weird. The spread was eight and a half. 
Then it got up to like nine and a half, ten, and now it's back down to eight and a half. So there are a lot of weird things. That's a lot of action on you know one game. The Seahawks are fourteen and two versus the Forty Nine ers since twenty fourteen. That's tied for the second best record by any team versus a divisional opponent since uh, over that time span. Only the Patriots versus the Jets have a better a better record. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a punch in the gut. Thanks for that, Michelle. At so- least Russell Wilson is gone. So there's something here, right? But True. just because Tom Brady was gone didn't mean the Jets started beating the Patriots. Like they're still losing to them. So, That's true. Yeah. So I feel like our job today is to try and figure out what matters from last week. What's the, What do we throw out? What do we keep? Because like you said, I think there were some things that we saw from last week that are going to hold up this week, mainly the pass rush. I think that Justin Fields made the Niners pass rush look so much worse than it was. They were in his face all day and he was just escaping and making plays. Geno Smith is not going to be able to do that. No, he's not going to be able to Justin Fields. Like it's hard because he does look good uh, like on certain plays and then he looks bad on other plays. He's kind of up and down, but he does just have this escapability that almost no one else in the league has. Like Lance doesn't have his same speed. He, Correct. he doesn't. They looked completely different when they're scrambling away from pressure. And yeah, you're not going to get that out of Geno Smith. And those are where the points came from. And from the bears is when he got out of the pocket and was scrambling and the coverage had a, you know, hold for five seconds. Like you're not going to win in those type of situations. So this should be much easier defensive matchup in terms of that. I think Geno Smith will, you know, take the check downs a lot more often and kind of hurt them maybe short, but you're not going to see the same type of huge plays from Geno Smith, as you saw from Justin Fields. Yeah, this is a a quarterback, really. The Niners defense should chew up and spit out, really. Like, they have constructed their defense to deal with elite quarterbacks, let alone, like, Geno Smith, yeah, he had a good first half, okay? It was a good first half against the Broncos. The second half, he was, like, 6 of 10 for 30 yards. Like, let's not get carried away. I'm interested to see Charvarius Ward against DK Metcalf. Like, this is your first real test. Mooney, like you are brought in specifically to face DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, the number one guy for the other team. So let's see it here. I want to, I'm interested to see like he was a hero in training camp. Is this going to carry over? He looked good last week, but you know, DK Metcalf is not Darnell Mooney. Yeah. I mean, they kept Darnell Mooney to basically nothing. Cole Komet to zero yards. David Montgomery sucked. Like, that's what I said they needed to do. And they did it, and they should have won, but they let. I mean, Dante Pettis, how obvious. How obvious was it that Dante Pettis was going to hurt the 49ers in some way? Like, I said revenge game on the podcast. I was just joking around. But you just knew. You just knew that Dante Pettis was going to come up with something crazy. I will say, the biggest thing going into this game, they need to cut down the penalties. 12 penalties in last week's game. You can't win when that happens. Only the Jaguars had more penalties last week with 13. The Broncos were tied with them at 12. Like you got to cut those down. And they were so stupid. So many times they were the stupidest penalties. I think it was Dre green, uh, Greenlaw with the face mask Mm -hmm. to stop them on third down. And then that Justin Fields play to Dante Pettis does not happen because they have to punt. You cannot. there was no reason for that face mask. The play was was over. There was three guys already tackling him and he came in for no reason and grabbed 
his helmet and his face mask. What are you doing? And then the sliding into Justin Fields when like it was, it just looked so stupid. It's like, why are you diving after him when he's already on the ground? Just stop doing it. That specific play I thought was a little ticky tack, but also like as a defender, you got to know. Just you cannot touch the quarterback in that spot. You just can't touch him because you can't risk it. But yeah, it was terrible. Kyle Shanahan talked about it all week. They got to clean it up. They got to be smarter. I want to see it. Like, don't talk about it. Show me. Because I think if you clean that up and the, what really hurt, like the Lance interception that people are killing him for, it was not great to me. It was a learning interception. But Justin Fields threw a pick in the game, too, that everybody seems to be glossing over, which is really weird. But what really hurt about that interception was that it came on the 49ers side of the field and it set up the bears to score and go ahead by two scores. That's really what, like if that's, if that's at midfield, you know, that may not hurt them, but the fact that that's where it was. And that's what I think for this bears game, if Lance is going to have turnovers, it cannot be on the 49ers side of the field. You cannot give them short fields. At least the Debo fumble happened in the red zone, the bears red zone. And it didn't end up hurting them at all. I mean, it took points off the board, but the bears didn't score after it. So if Lance is going to turn it over, it's got to be on the opposite side of the field. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to point out, I think the personnel on the field kept them from not being up 21-0. Like they could have easily been up 21-0 in this game pretty early because obviously the Debo fumble hurt them. But then that long pass to Tyler Croft early on in Mm. the game, it looked like a bad overthrow. I think if that's George Kittle, he's like the speed is different. So he's expecting Tyler Croft to get to that spot sooner. Kittle can make more acrobatic catches. I think George Kittle and him connect on that. And then the the Jennings catch, if like that's great, they connected. But if that's Danny Gray who catches that ball, he's off. That that goes to the end zone. Jennings is just not, you know, I, I actually I don't know what his speed is, but he just didn't look uh, like it's slow. He was a seventh round pick. Yeah. So <laughs> after he caught the ball, it looked like he had space to take off and go. The defender like wasn't like super far from him, but if that's Danny Gray, he does get to the end zone. So those are two things there where I just think the the player that Lance was targeting that hurt them. And it's funny because we literally saw Danny Gray take it to the house in the preseason on basically the same play. It was like a slot fade and Danny Gray caught the ball, stayed in bounds and ran for a touchdown. But you know what? Danny Gray's got to be active in order to have a chance that's to catch so that ball. It's weird to me Healthy that he's not active. Scratch in week 1. It, it's infuriating to me. Like this is a third round draft pick we're talking about. You can't have your third round draft picks be inactive. I think he was a thir- third or fourth like off the top of my head. I'm He was some third reason now. Danny Gray. Like, third round. What are we doing here? Ty Davis Price inactive. Danny Gray in if you're picking these guys this high and they can't dress in week one, that that's infuriating to me. And look, I, I, Jawan Jennings is a nice player. There is a role for him. He's very good on third downs, moving the chains. He's got a, he's their biggest wide receiver. There's definitely a role for him, but I don't want to see him in the slot fade. Give that to Ayuk or give it to Danny Gray. Like you said. Yeah. And I know they have to make Ray Ray active because he's their part returner, but I did write down in my notes, Oh my God, can you just make a normal punt, like catch on a punt return? It's always just like, it looks like it's going to fall through his hands on his very first one. It like almost went through. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I know the ball's wet, but just, just catch a ball normally, dude. The, please. I love the announcer. The first punt to Ray Ray McLeod. He goes, by the way, he does have 11 fumbles in his career. And I'm like, you son of a. And there was one, either. there was one punt return. I was like, oh, well, he has so much space to work. And then yeah, I was like, okay, of course he got like eight yards. I'm like that. 
He looked like he had so much space to do his thing. I'm like, I don't know why they went all in on this guy and acted like they got their next punt returner, but, but whatever. You're right about the personnel. That was one of the frustrating things that I hope they change this week. Like, why is Jawan Jennings getting so many looks? Why is Ray Ray McLeod getting a look as a receiver? Like, get the ball in the hands of Debo and Ayuk. For Ayuk to have two targets last week, that is horrible. And I know Trey Lance talked about this week. He's going to get more. He freaking better, man. What? Why do they keep in this guy in the garage? It's like you got a Lamborghini. Let's actually drive this damn thing. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people will point to the weather and blah, blah, blah. I will say the weather didn't get like atrocious, atrocious until the end of the game where it was like, wow, you can't literally do anything. <laughs> that was like the last five minutes of the game. I was expecting that that like – Everyone talking about it. I did have, like, I had to work the Steelers game, but I had the 49ers game next to me. I was paying attention, but I couldn't fully watch it. So I went back and watched the whole game. With the way everyone was acting, it was like, oh, well, you know, Lance couldn't possibly do anything in this game. It's like, okay, no, it was fine. You know, it was raining. It was a little wet. Obviously, it's going to be harder to throw the ball. But it didn't get absolutely terrible until the end of the game. It was unlucky that they needed to come back at that point. But they should have scored multiple times in the first half. Like, they they looked okay. I thought Trey Lance looked okay. But they just hurt themselves too much, and they can't keep doing that. I thought the footing was the biggest issue, right? Because the, the drainage at Soldier Field is yeah. horrible. So there were, like, this is how bad it was. At one point, the Bears set up to kick a field goal, and the holder, who is the punter, <laughs> yeah. took out a towel and tried to dry the field, which is a 15-yard, and actually knocked him out of field goal range. I, yeah, I didn't penalty. know that was a penalty. I didn't know you couldn't do that. You can wipe off the football, so why can't you wipe off the field? But all right. Yeah, but that, that just shows you that there were literal, like, puddles on the field. So I think the yeah. footing is really where it, it got a little dicey. But I agree. I didn't think, like, the torrential biblical rain didn't come until the Niners were down by two scores half like with like five minutes to go or halfway through the fourth quarter, more or less. Uh, it is supposed to rain this week, which is just so annoying. Like, can we just get a normal game? But, but I said yesterday with Levin, people are not going to have any patience now with Lance. It's not going to be like, Oh, well, it was raining again. They're going to say, you know what? You got to play games in the rain. And so I, he's got to go out and perform this week against Seattle. Yeah, he does. And you hope it's not as bad of conditions as last week you hope the field can handle it better and you just hope to I don't know if it was a play calling or what like Danny Gray needs to be active I really really wish George Kittle could play but it just came out about an hour ago that it's not expected that he plays the 49ers are two and eight the last 10 games that Kittle has missed mm. the stats with him on and off the field like not even like games missed just on and off the field are dramatic it's insane how differently they are the touchdown percentage the yards per attempt the quarterback pressures like everything is so much worse with him off the field so it, it stinks for Trey Lance that now he has to play a second game without him in bad weather it it hasn't been pretty for them as of late without Kittle let's hope they can change that up I want to see what they do at running back. And you're right. The Kittle stuff is, I didn't realize it was that bad. He's missed two out of three Lance starts so far. If this, if he misses this one, it'll be three out of four, but I want to see what they do at running back because now that Elijah Mitchell is out, we don't know if it's going to be Ty Davis price as the number two or Jordan Mason. I want no part of Jeff Wilson, Jr. He Jeff just Wilson doesn't do Jr. anything special, right? Jeff Wilson, Jr. Is 
the guy that the woman is with at the beginning of the romantic comedy, who you know has no chance of being with her at the end of the movie. That's who he is. He's there so he can get pushed aside for whoever's going to actually come in and make the story have a happy ending. Sorry, Jeff Wilson. And I just, I don't want to see it. We know what this dude is. What is the point of drafting Ty Davis Price and having Jordan Mason on the team if you're not going to give him the damn ball? Yeah, I wrote in my notes while I was watching it. I just said, Jeff Wilson isn't it. It just just doesn't have it. And I'm sure they'll feed him the ball, especially if it's raining. They can trust him. He's a vet. And I I do think that's why they didn't end up feeding Jordan Mason at all last game was just because the weather, he just doesn't have enough experience. They didn't want him to fumble or do anything stupid. So they kept in Jeff Wilson at that point. But I mean, last year, once Jeff Wilson got healthy enough to play, Elijah Mitchell was out. I mean, they fed him 13 times, 21 times, 14 times. Those are weeks 14, 15, and 16. So I'm sure it's going to be him getting most of the touches with Debo in there, getting a a lot of the touches with Trey Lance, taking some rushing attempts. And I don't know how much more room there is to give anyone else very much touches. Well, we're going to get into that because that's one of my best bets this week. It involves Jeff Wilson Jr. Um But what you really want, you want the offense to just look competent. You know, Eric Branch tweeted something out that frustrated me because I thought he was kind of being a little disingenuous, but the point still stands. Trey Lance in his starts, in his last two starts, the Niners have 10 points. Like, you got to get the, and I know there's mitigating circumstances. Debo fumbled. It was raining, all that stuff. But like, come on, man. I need the offense to look a little better. I feel like there's a pattern in 49ers games recently, whether it's Trey or Jimmy Garoppolo defense comes out early and just looks unstoppable, right? Like nobody's gaining any yards. They're looking great. And the Niners offense, especially in the first half is just like sputtering along and they score maybe a touchdown. Maybe they get to 10 points in the first half, but not always. And then in the second half, The other team's offense makes like one or two big plays and we just cannot respond. And it just cannot be this way when you have a coach that the 49ers have and the offensive personnel that the 49ers have. Yeah, I mean, for the last, I mean, since the start of last year, it feels like it's either a Debo long play. He breaks something off either through the air or on the ground or the offense stalls. Like it's kind of what it is. If they need to go down with 10 yard play, 10 yard play, 10 yard play, it just, it doesn't feel like it works for them, especially when Lance has started. They need to get more rhythm. I don't know if they're just being too cautious with him or what. Like, I thought they could take more chances last game, even with the weather earlier in the game. I, this is what we said last week. Please don't play not to lose in the beginning mm-hmm. of the game. Like, we said if you keep, if you allow the Bears to stay in this game, then they could pull off the win. And that's kind of what they did. Like the bears weren't doing anything until that broken play by Dante Pettis. You let them stay in the game for too long. And then by the time you needed to come back, the weather was far too bad to even do anything. And that you put yourself in that position. You should have never been down at that moment. And they let them stay in the game. You need to be more aggressive in the first half. It's like, they don't even care to score points in the first half. Can you please right. be more aggressive? Wake up, like come show some urgency. Come on, let's go. And and I know that's like a lot of people got on Kyle's play calling and I kind of did too. And then when you go back and you watch the film, you look and you see like there were a lot of plays where the 
the play is set up to work and one guy misses a block and running back gets tackled. It should have been a touchdown. Juwan oh, so it's his thing. It's that whole thing. Well, if everyone executed perfectly on every single play, my offense would have been good. This is what drove me crazy last year. You are not going to have perfect execution by all players in every play. Right. But also you're like, I think when we watch the games and we see plays don't work, we say, oh, that was a bad play call. And it's like, no, you can't just assume everybody does execute their stuff perfectly on every play. So that goes both ways. Maybe you call some plays that don't need everything to go perfectly well, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, and obviously. You just call some easier plays for Trey Lance and his first start of the season in a bad weather game. Like, I don't know. There was a play last night that I feel like the 49ers never do in the red zone. Every team does it in the red zone except the 49ers. It's a play action. The fullback acts like he's going to block for the running back, and he just goes out into the flat, and the quarterback throws a two-yard pass, and the fullback's wide open in the end zone every time. 49ers never run that play, and they have, like, the best receiving fullback in the league. It looks like the easiest play in the world, and I feel like it always works, and we never run it. They could definitely find ways to help him out a bit. Like you even saw with Geno Smith to start the game last week. They were doing so many of those type of plays where you roll out and you throw to the tight end who no one's paying attention to. It's like they just made it easy for him in the first half. They called plays that he was going to have success on. And I would like to see a little bit more of that instead of Lance having to, you know, make these great throws. Like, you want to see him make great throws, but let's give him some easier plays, at least in the beginning of the season. Kyle's offense, I've said this a lot last year, it's like a train in that once it gets rolling, it's almost impossible to stop. But it takes a little while to get rolling, and if you don't have success early, it never builds up that speed. It never gets to that point. And so it can be very maddening because sometimes it can just feel like nothing is going on. And I don't care that it's the Seahawks. I don't care if it's going to be raining. Like, I need to see it this week, man. Come on. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about this with Trey Lance's passing yards when we get into our bets. But he should be able to put up a lot of yards against the Seahawks secondary uh, because they've been they've been bad for a while now. And without Jamal Adams in, I'll get more into that when we get into our bets. But this is a game, even if it's drizzling outside, Trey Lance <laughs> should be able to put up some yardage. And luckily, Levi's has a way, way, way better drainage system than Soldier Field. So even if it is raining, the field itself, I think, will be in better shape. Um, I know that Chris Sims said this week he thought that the weather really hurt the Niners because their big advantages are speed and strength, and it's hard to be fast and strong when you can't get any footing. And so hopefully the footing will be better. Those strengths will be able to be more seen. Boy, that was eloquent. <laughs> this week, let's take a break. I need a minute. Let's take a break, and then we'll get into our best bets against the Seahawks. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right. It is time for us to make you money. Had kind of a hard luck week last week, Michelle, but I feel like we kind of got screwed by the rain. I will say I hit on a, a few of mine uh, and two of the three that you put in the article. We got we got the Trey Lance long completion. We got Brandon Ayuk's long completion, but not his over receiving yards. We had David Montgomery going for over his rush attempts. So we hit on some, but yeah, the weather ruined some of the others. It, it, it was wild to me that Brandon Ayuk hit that over for his longest completion immediately and then couldn't get 50 yards in the game because he wasn't targeted. He would have. They called a bogus offensive pass interference against him. He It wasn't. That was the weirdest play ever. He got so much separation that he 
without cheating that when he did put his arm out and touch the guy, it looked like he pushed off. But when you watch the replay, he didn't actually push off. He just literally separated that quickly. But yes, Brandon Ayuk should be better. Hopefully we'll be better this week. You've got your best bets. I've got a couple best bets. Where would you like to go first? Let's start with Trey Lance since we were talking about him already. Uh, they have his over under for passing yards at 197 and a half. I think he should get over 200 yards pretty easily in this game. Now, Lance only had 164 last week, but I actually think like having 164 in that game last week is a good thing for his over being only 197. Like, like you said, there were some plays that just missed on or that Brandon Ayuk one where it wasn't even pass interference. And he would have been so close to hitting that over there already. The Seahawks have allowed the second most passing yards in the NFL since the start of the 2021 season. And they allowed Russell Wilson to put up 340 yards in week one. Now they're not even going to have Jamal Adams for the rest of the year. Only one starting quarterback over their last 18 games over the last, the Seahawks last 18 games, only one opponent had fewer than 222 passing yards in that game. Of course, it was Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Of course. Of course it was him. He had 165 yards in their first matchup. But then Jimmy, later on in the year, he did put up 299 passing yards against them in week 13. But like Davis Mills, 331 yards. Colt McCoy, 328. Tim Boyle, 262. Nick Foles, 250. Taylor Heineke, 223. Trey Lance needs to have over 200 yards. Like there's no excuse he should hit this over. He needs to. He better, man. I mean, come on. Let's go. But I don't know. I mean, the Seahawks, weird stuff happens in Seahawks games. I feel like we go into it every week and we say, oh, their defense is so bad. We should do this. We should do that. And it never happens. I don't know if Pete Carroll just has Kyle Shanahan's number or what the problem is, but I feel like it's never as good as it should be against Seattle. So everything like that's a great argument. It's well-reasoned. It's logical, but I just, I don't know. I, I'm counting on the weirdness to continue, but I, I totally get what you're saying. And if he throws for less than 200 yards again, people are going to be calling <laughs> for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you thought it was bad last week. It would get even louder this week. He has to hit this. Like I don't even want to discuss him not hitting it unless he puts up like 180 rushing yards and you know just misses it then fine but no he needs to hit this it needs to get get something done through the air here hit on some big plays but also hit on some intermediate plays right like I am kind of sick of it being behind the line of scrimmage for Debo or a deep shot and those are like your two options we need some more intermediate throws here and completions um I should say more that that just needs to happen what I think needs to happen and, and it's going to take a little time. I think when stuff got crazy and the other team had momentum and the offense was maybe sputtering, I think Kyle's kind of go to his security blanket was a screen pass for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy was accurate on those. It put the ball in the hands of his best playmaker quickly. And it was a kind of an easy way for the Niners to help build momentum and get back on track. The problem is that's not the easy play for Trey Lance. He's not accurate on those plays. So I think Kyle has to learn what are the kind of go-to Jimmy gimmies we used to call them when Garoppolo was there. What are those easy plays for Trey that he can build his confidence and the offense can get going yet? I don't know that Kyle knows what those are yet because they've had so little time together. 
I do think it has to be more rollouts and just getting guys more open over mm -hmm. the middle, uh, like 10 yards down the field. Like those would be easier plays for him. Get him out of the pocket, roll him out on the run. Like, I, I just think I, I wish he had more opportunities outside the pocket when it's not due to pressure. You know, it's not like, oh, he has to get outside the pocket because the pressure's in the space immediately. It's like, let's have some design plays like that where you just give him space, let him see down the field, get somebody open. Uh, I, I would like to see more of that because you're right. A big part of getting yards after the catch, like we make fun of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It's like, oh, so many of his passing yards have come from after the catch and, you know, the wide receivers are doing it all. It's like, but it is super important to put the ball exactly where it needs to go to get the most yards after catch as possible. You put it in the right spot, get them, get them the ball quickly. And, you know, just putting that right where it needs to go that that is important. And Jimmy Garoppolo was good at doing that. So I will give him credit there. Sometimes, sometimes he was good at doing that. <laughs> but we, I mean, we saw Lance do it on the throw to Ayuk, Ayuk's first catch of the game. That was perfectly in stride. We saw it with Jennings also. Like he's capable of it too. Oh, yeah. it's just we have to actually. I was talking more on the short plays. Right. That's the yeah. difference. The shorter plays, it's not always as consistent. Okay. Best bet number two. I'm going to go to Devo Samuel over 31 and a half rushing yards. We, we just, we see them use Debo as a runner all the time. Now. I mean, I was shocked even at the beginning of this game before Elijah Mitchell got hurt. They still, I was like, okay, I guess maybe Debo's not upset about being used as a running back because instantly they went right back to that. But then of course, Elijah Mitchell goes down. He has eight attempts for 52, 52 yards last game. I'm surprised they only have him at 32 yards. Uh, according to Rotoviz, I didn't pull this myself, so don't yell at me if it's wrong, but Rotoviz <laughs> says that Devo has played without Elijah Mitchell in six games that Elijah Mitchell didn't play at all. And Devo has averaged 85 rushing yards over those six games. Wow. Yeah. 85 rushing yards per game. So yeah, I'm going to smash that 32 rushing yards because mm. he's going to have eight attempts at least. And if he gets that, he's going to hit that mark. I think that Debo is going to essentially become the 49ers lead back. Now that doesn't mean he's always going to lead and carries every single game, but I think when Kyle Shanahan thinks about the ground game, it's going to go Debo one Trey Lance two, whoever the hell they want to put it running back three. I just think that that's kind of the structure of how it's going to go. Um, that's why one of my best bets this week is Jeff Wilson jr. Under 13 and a half attempts. I, cause I think that he's going to primarily try to move the ball on the ground through Debo and Lance. Um, I was wondering about that rushing total, but that number you threw out kind of like that kind of convinced me that maybe Debo is going to hit that over. I just, my worry is that when you put Debo in the backfield, then it becomes harder for Ayuk to catch a pass. Cause then they can just double Ayuk right away. You don't like, you're kind of taking Debo out of the play as a wide receiver. And with no Kittle there, Ayuk's going to yeah. get all the attention from the secondary. Well, this is why Danny Gray needs to be active. You need to have that speed element where, no, maybe they're not shaking in their boots over Danny Gray, but at least put the speed out there. Make him just run the same route. Just run mm -hmm. deep, run deep, run deep. But that's going to make defenses have to look his way, and it, that should open things up for Brandon Ayuk as well. Yeah, you, you don't love it when Debo's you know, mostly used as a runner in a game because he can do so much in the passing game and help out Lance. But I do just, they, they seem to go to Debo when they need a running back. Hopefully if Ty Davis Price is active or they feel better about Jordan Mason, you know, they can give them the ball more. 
Vegas knows what they're doing though with this line with Jeff True. Wilson. They know what they're doing because I brought up those last three games where they fed Wilson with Elijah Mitchell. It was in two of those three games, it was 13 attempts and 14 attempts right on that <laughs> line. And then of course the other one, it was 21. So well over the line, but they know what they're doing with that 13 and a half. And that I, I hate that bet because it's so scary either way. Like I don't feel good about it either way. I think that's like right the line. Vegas is so good. They're so annoying. This just in Vegas knows what they're doing. <laughs> That's the analysis you get here on this show. Uh, the other thing I don't like is I feel like when Debo's in the backfield, the defense is like, all right, he's getting the ball. That's why it was cool to see they did the triple option on one play where they faked it to Debo out of the backfield. And then Lance went around the edge and eventually flipped it to Elijah Mitchell. I like that. You you need some variance if you're going to use Debo in the backfield this frequently. I'd like to see they play action to Debo and then have him catch a pass out of the backfield too. Like you need to switch it up. We're in a different world than we were last year. You caught everybody by surprise last year with Debo in the backfield. You're not doing that this year. Everybody comes into every game against the 49ers expecting to see Debo in the backfield. So they need to get more creative with how they use him. Yeah, it definitely, you should have, you can have Debo back there and Jeff Wilson and Trey Lance and give Lance yes. the option, Pat, you know, hand it off to one of those guys or take it yourself, like see what happens. But you can definitely get creative and we'll see if Shanahan will actually do it. I'm sure they'll just feed Debo Samuel a ton and mm-hmm. he's going to smash his over rushing yards. And he's going to smash the Seahawks also. The dude, is he's just so physical. Um, all right. Best bet number three. I'm going to go this one. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to do it. Tyler Lockett under three and a half receptions. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a low one. So he needs, you know, he needs under four receptions. That's, that's never easy for a guy that's as talented as Tyler Lockett. But for some reason he and Geno Smith, like those two do not mesh well together. And three of Geno Smith's now four starts with the Seahawks. He's had two receptions, two receptions and three receptions. Hmm. So all under now, the one game I'm leaving out, he did have 12 receptions. <laughs> so <laughs> drastic there. But he, he, Geno Smith's guy seems to be DK Metcalf. And we'll see if that changes if Ward is covering DK and Geno has to look elsewhere. But they just really don't mesh well together, these two. Because Tyler Lockett's that deep guy that Russell Wilson always hit. Like, those two were perfect together, and Gino just doesn't have that same type of game. So uh, I'm going to take the under here and sweat sweat it out all game. Yeah, I feel like, first of all, you almost never take unders. Second I of know. all, you're always the one telling me, like, don't fall for those bets where you're like, hey, I only need a few things to happen or what, like those lower bets. I, three and a half is that is two, two and three though. Like he's hit this under in three of Geno Smith's four starts. It's going to be interesting. Cause I think what they're going to do is I, I bet you that he's going to run a lot out of the slot, which means for the Niners, he'll probably be matched up against Samuel Womack, who has looked good in the preseason, but he's still a rookie going up against Tyler Lockett. So I mean, would be interested to see how he holds up. That would be a fascinating matchup for me. If, if he is in the slot primarily, um, but, all quarterbacks favor certain receivers. Three and a half is less than he's so he's got to catch one ball a quarter for you to lose this bet. And it's screen passes, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm taking it. Don't talk me out of it. I'm already sweating. Wow. Okay. A rare under from Michelle. I hope you're right. Look, I, that's great because I'll take my chances with Ward on DK. And then if that's the only place Gino is looking, awesome. Maybe he won't have time to look 
other places you know i do have another under and i feel better about this one i'll just throw it out quickly because it's about a player nobody cares about it's noah fant they have him at 24 and a half receiving yards i'm taking that under he had four targets for just three receptions 16 yards last week and the seahawks were using will disley and kobe parkinson quite often and they looked much better to be fair but the 49ers, we, we talk about this, I feel like, all the time. They just are dominant against tight ends. They've allowed a league low nine yards per reception to the tight end position since the start of last year. They allowed Cole Komet to have zero yards last week. Like, yeah, I, I don't expect Noah Fant to do anything at all in this game. Who cares if it's someone you don't care about? The money is the same, and that is the goal. I actually have two best bets. One, I already talked about the Jeff Wilson under 13 and a half carries. The other one is longest rush, Trey Lance, under 13 and a half yards. Here's why I think that's a pretty safe bet. He's not a scrambler, number one. Like, he always, always, always looks to pass. But number two, he doesn't escape to the edge. If you go back and look with Chicago, and even in some of his other starts, Justin Fields would avoid a rusher, get out on the edge, and that's how he'd pick up yards. Trey Lance, because I think sometimes the tackles, at least last week, were where some of the pressure was coming from, he's escaping up the middle where all of the people are. So it increases the likelihood that he's going to get tackled before he can make a really big gain. Now, I know he did have that one run. I think it was third and 13, and he scrambled and he got the first down. That's, to me, that's not going to be the norm. I just, I don't think he's a scrambler. I don't know that he's going to have room to scramble. And he'll pick up yards because he'll still do, still do quarterback powers. And he looked very good doing the quarterback sneaks on third down. But I don't know. I'm taking the under 13 and a half longest rush. Is that crazy? I don't think so at all. The Seahawks are actually pretty good against uh, quarterbacks when it comes to the run. They allow just two and a half rushing yards per game on design runs to quarterbacks, which is the second best uh, in the league since the 2021 season. Uh, on scrambles, they're a little bit worse, but they still only allow seven rush yards per attempt on scrambles. So, yeah, I, I'm with you here. He probably, unless something breaks down or it, there just seems to be a clear pocket and he takes off. But if I was going to take a bet on this, I'm taking the under. I'm with you. Look I at me getting so bold with these unders. I know. like what? So I, proud of myself. I'm becoming an old man just like you taking unders. I like, look, I go where the bets lead me, okay? Stop trying to make everything about me being old like I'm so much older than you. Your field goals, I feel like should have came through, through for you last week. Yeah, I was bummed on that. Well, maybe it would have if Debo didn't fumble. I had yeah, Robbie I mean, you would hope they would get into the end zone there, but yeah, it, it just felt like that, that could have easily happened in that game. Although who was uh, Santos could not make a field goal to save his life. Oh, he missed two extra points in the game. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's what I meant. Extra point, not field goal. The, I think the field being just literal, it was a pond. Like if, especially if you go look at the end of the game, yeah, here's the how bad the game it was. was wild. They switched to the snow graphics so you could see the yard lines. That's yeah. how bad it was. And it was just rain. I've never seen it that bad. Now, I'm just, yeah, the rain this week is just annoying because we got to wait another week now to see like a regular weather game. But I feel like Trey needs, he needs some sort of moment because I feel like he doesn't really have the locker room. He doesn't have that like galvanizing moment in the locker room. Like Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 came and won five straight games, and some of them were close in the fourth quarter. And I feel like that went a long way towards getting the support in the locker room of the guys. They be- they started to believe in him after that. 
Trey doesn't have that yet. Now, granted, he's only had three starts, but he needs that kind of moment. Beating Seattle at home in the home opener, I think, would be a good one. Beating Russell Wilson next week would be an incredible one for him, but he needs something. The opportunity is there in this game, and I just want to see him go out and take it. Well, they can't go 0-2, that's for sure. They've actually never made the playoffs in history when they start 0-2, which is kind of wild. I mean, I, I mean, I guess most teams, like it, it's hard to get to the playoffs after starting 0-2, but usually you have at least one or two seasons you've done it. They never have. It doesn't mean they can't. But this, you cannot start the season losing to the Bears and to the Seahawks. Those are two, they're supposed to be checkmark, checkmark, easy starts. You got to win one of these. And if we had to choose, right, if they beat the Seahawks and you had to pick one to lose, you're picking the Bears. Like winning a division game is huge. So if they win this game and Lance looks all right, he gets his over 200 passing yards, then we can all just <laughs> shut up and just move on with the rest of the season and let Lance be. You know, that's not going to happen no matter what. He could have the best game ever and someone's going to complain about something. Yeah, it's really weird. And now people are sending me this video of him. He might be in a strip club. It might be him. It might be a strip club, whatever. There's girls there. People, what is the big story here? Trey Lance may have gone to a strip club. So what? He's 22 years old. He can go to a strip club. Like, breaking news, Trey Lance does the thing he's legally allowed to do. Like, this is not a story. Stop sending it to me like it's some type of scandal. Yeah, it's fine. I will say, I'm looking at the weather report. I was pulling up while you're talking. Sometimes I do just think of just listening to you. I'm very yep. sorry. You don't even know what I just said there. Okay. I, no, I listened to you. I listened to you about the strip club. And yeah, he's 22 years old. Who cares? But I will say, luckily, it's a four o'clock game or three o'clock for me. Um, Oh, what time is it for the 49ers? I'm messing up this time One zone so much. Yeah, One o'clock. time zone. Okay. <laughs> I am. I was thinking, oh, well, if it's four o'clock Eastern, then the weather doesn't matter. But that's not how this works, Michelle. Uh, so no. one o'clock Pacific time. All right. But it does say it's supposed to be steady rain in the morning. Showers continuing in the afternoon. But if it's just showers by the time the game hits, it should be OK. And the rainfall is only around a quarter of an inch, which seems so drastically different from last week when it looked like a foot or more water was on that field. Uh, so I, I think it it won't be nearly as bad. And you have to, like, like you said, yeah, it stinks that his second game might also be in rain. But if it's just drizzling and raining and showers, like you still got to perform in those games. You can't fall apart. He's going to have to play in snow at some point in his career. Like obviously not at home, but away. So he needs this experience and he needs to look decent. Like no one's saying you have to look amazing in the rain, but you got to look decent. And I know that Russ isn't there anymore, but it would still be so sweet to beat the Seahawks. It just will. Like you laid it out earlier in the show. Like they have not done it almost ever. It's it's pathetic. I'm so happy they did not play them in week one. I mean, I know they end up losing in week one anyways, but like they showed they they put all of their effort into beating Russell Wilson. Yep. Like I really do. And now they already had their game where they shocked people. Typically that doesn't happen again, right? It's like, okay, you can sneak away with these wins that you're not supposed to have, but it doesn't normally happen back to back. That's for sure. Like now the 49ers aren't going to be sleeping on them at all. Like I think maybe they were sleeping on the Bears, like, oh, we should destroy them. We were saying that. And the Bears came out ready and they were like, no, we're not going to just let you push us over. Now, at least the Seahawks showed that they could keep up a fight. And now the 49ers have to take them seriously. And there should be no surprise element, which I think is important. No surprise. Like I said last week, come out of the gate. Don't be flat. 
come out of the gate. You put up points early. You can smack them down and just keep them on the mat all day long. So hopefully that happens. The best bets are in. Good luck to everybody on their bets. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Your Steelers have the Patriots first matchup against the Patriots with no Brady and no Big Ben since Bill Clinton was in office in 1998. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, it should be probably the most boring game of the weekend. I mean, <laughs> I'm so sorry that like the entire country is being forced to watch it because it's the game on national television, like everywhere in the country. Uh, I expect like 20 points at max being scored in this game. It's going to be a boring one, but they pulled out the win against the Bengals. So who knows? And TJ Watt is not out for the year. <laughs> I was I was so I know, worried but, about you. I know, but it's still just... There, we talk about the splits with George Kittle on and off the field. The splits with the Steelers defense with TJ Watt on and off the field are like they make me want to throw up. <laughs> so you're predicting a win or a loss? I I don't know. The Patriots suck too. Like I'll predict a win, I guess, but it's gonna Mac be so Jones. ugly. I'm sick of watching ugly wins. Can I ever just see a good win? Like I never do. It's, I haven't for like three years. It That's like. what it feels like for the 49ers most of the time, too. It's like, and then people are like, well, don't complain about a win. It's like, yes, I get that. But you know what? I'd also like to see my team just go ham, put up 45 points, and have a nice fun Sunday. We'll see what happens. Everybody, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Remember, after the game. We will be live on the, YouTube, the Niners Nation YouTube, Twitter, Facebook pages, my Twitch page at Stats on Fire, Instant Reaction Podcast, myself, Levin Black will be there, Javi Vega, Niners Nation Podcast host Emeritus might hop in as well. It's going to be a ton of fun. And we also have the crossover podcast that comes out tomorrow. If you want a full breakdown of the Seahawks, everything going on from their perspective, we have that for you. So it's a ton of stuff still to come from Niners Nation. Look at us. Woo-woo, killing it. Yeah, baby. We're rolling. <laughs> second biggest week, uh, second biggest month in Niners Nation history last month. That's thanks to your support. So we want to keep that rolling. Michelle, good luck to your Steelers. Good luck to the Niners, everybody. We'll talk to you after the game. Go Niners. Bye, y'all.